Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Before we get into today's show, I have an announcement to make. It's from Joel Snyder of ACB's Audio Description Project. Kids love movies. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, Audio Description provides access to all the visual images of the movies that sighted young people enjoy. The benefits of Audio Description in Education or Beatty Contest, sponsored by ACB's Audio Description Project and the Described and Captioned Media Program, wants those kids to experience media with audio description and then tell us about it. You have a chance to win prizes for yourself and your teacher. Just go to www.dcmp.org slash learn slash 658 That's the numbers 658 to enter. The deadline is January 22nd. And keep on enjoying audio description. Now back to today's show. The Green Bay Press-Gazette reports that New York-based blind dancer Krishna Washburn is the founder and instructor of Darkroom Ballet. Darkroom Ballet is an introductory dance curriculum that teaches accessible ballet lessons to people with disabilities. The blind and visually impaired can also take these lessons. Krishna and her student, George Stern, join us to talk about Darkroom Ballet. Hi, Krishna and George. Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. Krishna and George, tell us about yourselves. I am located in New York City. I am a blind professional dancer and dance educator, and I have been teaching Darkroom Ballet for about three years now and online ever since quarantine started. All right, how about you, George? I am a deafblind disability advocate, philosopher, cook. I recently graduated college. I'm out here in Lubbock, Texas, which is in West Texas, with my degree in French and classics. Still trying to figure out how to make money off of that, but that's where I am. And I've been taking ballet ever since i think it was june or july that i started when we were in the deeper part of quarantine that's a lot of skills and hobbies george krishna what's darkroom ballet how did you decide to start this special curriculum darkroom ballet is an educational approach to teaching dance that does not privilege sight It's designed specifically for the educational needs of blind and visually impaired students. When a sighted person begins studying dance, their teacher gives them a tool, which is the mirror. I also give my students a tool, which is the floor. And specifically, we place a strip of tape on the floor to start developing touch-based orientation My curriculum is also very much about learning one's own internal anatomy and learning to trust yourself and bring bring confidence to yourself in your movement and your balance specifically. 
I offer group class, which is Monday night, and I also teach private classes to a lot of students. One-on-one or groups, that's good. George, let's just talk more about how you got into ballet. COVID-19 happened. That's the with the Green Bay Press Gazette says that pan, this pandemic cut you off from your ongoing activities. What, what activities did you do previously before the pandemic started? And are these activities you just can't participate in anymore? So the big one for me was running. I also did judo and jujitsu, but that had begun to taper off anyway. Um, But I run with a group of runners. A lot of them were older college professors and a couple of community members. And of course, so COVID-19 is a much higher risk situation for older people. So very naturally, this running group was determined to be unsafe because we had to be, as blind people, much closer than the six-foot requirement or recommendation. So I hope running isn't out of the cards forever. I hope we've got a vaccine now and things will settle down and things will get better and I'll be able to run again. But in the meantime, I did need something to do because otherwise I was just sitting here and eating hot fries and hot Cheetos and it wasn't going well. So um, at that time, as you know, as the newspaper reported, I was on Facebook and I saw in this group that another one of Krishna's students, Len Burns, he posted about Dark Room Ballet and I was like, well, I've always thought about maybe dancing. Might be cool. Let's try it. And you were also inspired by Misty Copeland, who's these American Ballet Theater's first African-American primary dancer. Yeah, her principal Tell dancer. us more yeah. about Misty, Misty and just how she inspired you. Well, it's interesting. Um, I actually came across her story. I think it was in 2014. The interview was, well, it was an interview from 2013 about her book, Firebird, which is a children's book inspiring children of different body types and ethnicities who really aspire to ballet as something they can do. And she talks about it in her journey as a ballerina who didn't fit people's expectations and stereotypes about what a ballerina could be. And she talks about her mentor's experiences of racism. Um, I can't recall her mentor's name right now, but you know, she was actually the person who taught Mitzi was the first African-American ballerina to tour across the country. And she experienced things like Ku Klux Klan violence and just really visceral hatred for her even daring to be in this space. So Mitzi talks about that and she just says to children, you know, keep doing what you love doing. Don't let anyone dissuade you. And that message really carried over to me as a guy because, you know, as guys, we're not really told oh, you can be a ballerina one day, you can dance, you can do this, and certainly not a disabled guy. So just her story of inspiration and her story of persevering against the odds really spoke to me. Well, that's wonderful, George. Krishna, how did you conduct ballet lessons virtually to people who are blind like George? Well, in group class, I have, you know, we use Zoom. Zoom is not perfect, but it's something that everybody has now. 
And it's something that most people at this point have learned how to use reasonably well. Uh, I have a very special and very sensitive audio setup for making sure that we don't have audio lag. It involves two laptops, a bi-directional microphone, and also like a very good speaker. I actually balance my voice with every single song before class starts. And a lot of students like to come early and help me do my audio balancing. For private classes, I generally just use my voice. And I have, I'm very accustomed to speaking in rhythms, in musical rhythms, to help dance students get in touch with that all of my movement is described and I always make sure that my students have a basic understanding of their own anatomy, especially their own skeleton as we start working together. That's part of the education that I provide. That's excellent. And they learn how to do the movements based on those detailed descriptions. This even helps them build that confidence up in doing the moves right, because I'm sure a lot of times they're worried, am I doing this right? Uh, what am I supposed to do? And, but they also learn by repeated experimentation and having just those conversations, right? Oh, the conversations are the most important part. I always make sure my students have time to ask me questions and we can work through things together until my students feel confident and if ever they have questions for me about material we even covered in the past, I'm always happy to revisit. That's, I never want there to be any kind of barrier to communication with students. That is excellent. Um, what, what are the requirements to join your, joining your classes? Anything special? You gotta write me an email. <laughs> That's the only requirement. You have to write me an email at info at darkroomballet.com. That's all you have to do. Info at darkroomballet.com? Yep. That is very easy to understand. And now I was wondering if someone like me or maybe some of our other listeners out there who have almost no dance skills and who may be a bit uncoordinated, might be a potential student. Now listen, Brian. Don't think about yourself as uncoordinated. That is not a helpful mindset to have. The better mindset is to say that you are on a journey, at the outset of a journey, coming to learn and trust your own movement capabilities. And when you have a teacher who understands your educational needs and who cares about you and who is willing to work through things with you, you'll find that you won't think about yourself in that way anymore. You'll start thinking about yourself as a person on a movement exploration journey. Finding that trust in yourself and really learning to work without the internalized ableism that a lot of us develop about our own capabilities. Each one of us has the capacity to learn so much more than we think we can. We can all learn so much. 
All right. I see where you're coming from. What are some of the additional ways that you teach your students ballet? Well, I mentioned talking about anatomy. I do something that a lot of dance teachers do not do. And I talk a lot about feeling internal cues, like feeling the nerves in your body. You know, that's actually quite an easy thing to do. People imagine that our nerves are these tiny, delicate things. They aren't. They're actually really large parts of our body. In your feet, in between your metatarsal bones in your feet, there are nerves that are so big. They're about like as thick as a pencil. And they have the capacity to become just as sensitive and just as skilled as the nerves in your hands that a lot of us in blind and visually impaired community use for reading braille, navigating with a white cane, doing any number of tasks, your feet actually have equal capacity to be sensitized, if not more. So I spend a lot of time teaching students to really feel and connect with their feet, feel and connect their hands, learning to feel their balance from the inside with their nervous system through their arms, through their head, through their back. So that way they can learn to trust themselves through these strong nervous system cues that they're replicating movements the same each time. So Krishna, your lessons have reached blind people from coast to coast. Let's talk about one of you for one of your other students from California, Len Burns. Len came to me through my very close friend, Alejandra Ospina. Alejandra is also my administrator at Darkroom Ballet. Um, at the outset of COVID quarantine time, she recommended that Len get in touch with me. And Len is an amazing student. He also had some trepidation about studying ballet, but it is all about conversation for him and myself. It's all about learning to think about yourself in a more compassionate and more internal kind of way. I love working with Glenn. He's an amazing, amazing person and student. Where are some of the additional companies offering similar ballet classes for the blind? Uh, there aren't any in the United States, as far as I know, that really offer real pre-professional curriculum uh, for blind and visually impaired dancers. It's like there are in the U.S., there are, I think, like some teachers who will, quote unquote, let you come and take class, but they may not really have an idea of what your real educational needs are. I do believe that there is a school in Brazil that is an all blind student school. Uh, I've never gotten to go there. I don't really know what their teaching style is like. Um, I know that in Japan, there's actually a very long tradition of blind teachers teaching blind students dance. And actually, one of my mentors, who I think you were going to ask me about, Mana Hashimoto, is from Japan. And she's actually the person who introduced using the taped floor to me, which just opened up a whole world of different possibilities and different ways of thinking about myself as a dancer. And the tape's floor, that's kind of like your tactile markings to mark where you move, right? That is correct. 
every time I dance, take class, perform, rehearse, there is tape on the floor. And that's for me and my orientation and sensitivity. Well, what I found out, everyone, was there's one similar company in Brazil called the Fernanda Bianchini Ballet Association. It's the only dance company in school that's composed of visually impaired individuals. That's for another show. Krishna, why do you consider yourself to be a quote-unquote ballet folk artist? Folk artists are generally considered to be individuals who are largely self-taught. Before I started learning with Mana, most of my movement investigations were me studying on my own. I had had serious ballet training for many, many years um, before vision loss, but I had to come to learn myself on my own for a lot before I started to find teachers who could really help me go above and beyond. So a lot of the work that I do is painstaking work that took me many years to figure out by myself. I don't think anyone should have to go through that. That's why I have a real mission for teaching others. All right, Krishna. Um, you went through some barriers yourself to learning dance and teaching it to others. How did you speak out? to break those barriers and how you teach these same strategies to your students? I found it very difficult, both as a performer and as a teacher to be taken seriously because of my disability. Um, as a performer, I've had choreographers who did not want to give me my basic access needs. I've had venues who wouldn't give me basic access needs. Um, and as a teacher, I've had a lot of people just assume that I'm not for real. And that really hurts. What has been important for me is to say the word ableism and point it out when it's happening. So that way I don't put the weight of that hurt on myself so that I understand that when someone is saying, no, you can't have these basic things that you need. No, we don't trust you. No, we don't think that you are intellectually capable of what you say you are. I know that that is society's problem and that I can point it out and say, look, you're being, you are discriminating against me. This isn't right. You don't discriminate against me. You don't discriminate against my students. You don't discriminate against any disabled people. It's very important to me. It's one of my primary missions when I work with people to help them realize it is okay to stand up for yourself. It has been hard, especially as a performer, especially as a performer, because you know, you're at the mercy of other people to be taken seriously and being, you know, kept like I have been in very dangerous situations as a performer and have injured myself actually very seriously because my access needs were not met properly. Nobody should have to go through that. I'm hoping that I'm the last generation of disabled dancers who has to go through that. That is excellent advice. Everybody, 
How might our listeners sign up for Lessons with Darkroom Ballet? If you could say the email address one more time. You just have to send an email to info at darkroomballet.com and we will get you started. Very easy address. Is there anything else you both would like to add? Sure, if I could. I'd like to first give a shout out to Krishna and just highlight her her philosophy of blind people deserving (coughs) access to movement and movement philosophy. Uh, So many times as disabled people, we come up against those barriers Krishna was talking about of other people's expectations, right? About how a body should be, how a body should move, what your primary senses should be. And it's just good to hear someone out there saying, hey, we deserve access to movement, to dance, to this essential celebration of culture that dance is. Uh, there's no reason why uh, a, a blind person shouldn't be able to do the hornpipe or the Irish jig or any other thing that's a celebration of the culture they are as much a part of as anyone else. So thank Krishna for that. And thanks for others out there who are pioneering work in making movement philosophy accessible to blind people. I want to shout out Tyler Merrin, who is the goalball player, lives down in Florida, who has started the Revision Fitness app, which is very quickly uh, and a system whereby he auditorily and I think textually describes many of the basic exercise routines and movements so that blind people who may not have ad- may not have had access to recess and physical education in school because people thought we couldn't do it, now we have access to that. So shout out to Krishna and Tyler Merrin and all of the other people, blind professionals making a difference in this space and making it accessible for us. Shout out to Darkroom Ballet and all the other blind professionals out there making this happen. Thank you so much, George. All right, Krishna and George, we think that Darkroom Ballet is helping the blind and visually impaired beefing up their ballet skills, and most of all, cope with the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting us, Brian. You both are very welcome. And before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. And my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash uh dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top of the page and below the heading that says home speaking out for the blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to speaking out for the blind shows ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at speaking-out-4-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. 
That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization. Topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. This is Cindy Van Winkle, Membership Services Coordinator. If you are not already part of the ACB family, you can join us by going to acb.org or call us at 612-332-3242 and we'll help you join our community. Connecting the blind community around the world. This is ACB Radio. 